Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 165. If there is one Royal Caribbean ship that's gotten a lot of people rethinking their plans, it's Liberty of the Seas. Her recent refurbishment added a number of Royal Caribbean firsts to an already impressive ship, and this week, I want to count down with you some of my favorite parts of the ship. In our continuing top five series of episodes, let's look at the features, activities, and of course food, that make Liberty of the Seas a must-see cruise ship. Here we go. When a Royal Caribbean ship undergoes a scheduled refurbishment, there are typically new features added to every ship. But in the case of Liberty of the Seas, Royal Caribbean added quite a bit of new features that had many fans, including myself, reconsidering their cruise plans. This week, I wanted to look at some of the features that really stand out in our top five Liberty of the Seas episodes. And joining me to count down the five or so, (laughs) emphasis on so... Favorite Features is a long-time listener to this podcast and a man who just completed a seven-night Liberty of the Seas cruise, Justin Nelson. Justin, welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Hey, Matt. It's finally great to talk with the prince of podcasts, the oracle of all things Royal Caribbean. You possess the knowledge, the great Matt Hotchberg. You are to Royal Caribbean cruising as Bono is to YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is, I, I would have settled for a hello, but that works awesome. I like that. Nice. Uh, we love you in our household. <laughs> thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I, I, it means a lot hearing from you. And, of course, Justin, I've known you for a long time. And when you sent me an email saying you just got back from Liberty this Seas, well, gosh darn it, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, Liberty's a great ship. And, you know, I said this in the intro. I think a lot of people have reconsidered it. Do you think, before we get into the top five here, Justin, is, is part of the reason why you chose to cruise on Liberty because of, or at least partially because of, the changes, the refurbishment that occurred? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I really found out that Liberty is basically the stretch limo of the Navigator. My wife and I love the Navigator just like you do. We've been on it many times. And uh, we knew that there were going to be some very familiar... Uh, venues uh, and activities on the ship, but he also knew there were going to be some new things like the the first ever Royal Caribbean ship with water slides, and we've never been on a ship with a Sorrento's pizza or a dedicated Ben & Jerry's ice cream. And so, you know, we were looking forward to um, the old familiar venues, cool. but also looking forward to those new things. Absolutely. Now, before we get into our top five, we wanted actually Justin and I were talking before the episode, and one of the changes that has occurred in the last couple of months is Galveston, the Port of Galveston, finally opened up their new cruise terminal. Uh, they were built there; they've been a cruise terminal there for many, many years, but now they built a new one down there. And Justin, give us your quick uh, review here of the new terminal. Is it an improvement, especially for disembarkation? That's what I'm most interested to hear because in the old one there was always issues with uh, with lines and whatnot. So, what was your experience like in the new in the new terminal? Well, if you've ever gone out of Galveston, you know that its reputation is true to form. It is what I call the armpit of America's cruise ports. Uh, from the <laughs> from the belching refineries out in the ocean to the rusting uh, cranes in the port, it is no Florida, okay? And, you know, the terminal was known to be pretty crazy, and it really was, from... 
the, you know, the disorganized bad baggage claim to the lines to just the entire flow of the terminal was just pretty chaotic. Most of the times when we would go out of Galveston, um, you know, it would take an hour to get on the ship or more, an hour to get off. But I'm here to say emphatically that the days of Galveston being the armpit of the America's Crew Sports is over. It's finished. It is now a better body part. And uh, more of a we, we had a fantastic. Yeah, there you go. We had a fantastic time. I mean, I would say, Matt, from the porter to the parking to sitting down in the terminal ready to uh, embark was 20 minutes. Um, nice. the, they got rid of the escalators and now they have a really good ramp system. Uh, they have a larger bank of desks. For a Royal Caribbean representatives, they can service a lot more people. Uh, you, you wanted to know about debarkation. The flow of that was a lot better than it's ever been. The baggage claim was just uh, a really had a really easy time at it. They had great signage. They had great flow, and just the flow through the entire entire terminal was better than it had ever been. And uh, I have no problem recommending Galveston now. So that's great to hear. Well, that let's uh, you know what, based on that great review, let's jump right into our top five here for Liberty of the Seas. And uh, and of course, this list, by the way, Justin, it's not in any particular order. So, uh, you know, sure. it's just the five things that really stood out to you uh, on Liberty of the Seas. And I'll let you go first since you're the guest. Uh, pick your, your first from your top five Liberty of the Seas. OK, well, I'm ranking it from five to one and my number five really is the variety of onboard activities now royal caribbean always has a great variety of onboard activities but on liberty the cruise compass was chocked full of activities both day and night from the dancing to the trivia to the karaoke by the way i did enter the adult karaoke contest it was a blast in the on-air lounge there i sang jerry lewis's great balls of fire Good God Almighty. And uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and it was fantastic. I really did it because of all the cruising I went on, I used to be a professional musician, and of all the cruising I went on, I had never sang at any of the karaoke. And when my wife and I, Wendy, we're really like the Pied Pipers of cruising in our neck of the woods. We're like the ambassadors for Royal Caribbean in our neck of the woods. And we took a group of, I don't know, 20 to 25 people this time. Some people who have been on many cruises and some newbies, and they basically conned me into singing this time and entering the contest. So we had a good time. Nice. Um, the pool parties, yeah, yeah. The pool parties were great. You know, they had the ice skating, the rock climbing, the water slides, the flow rider. The miniature golf course, by the way, was one of the nicest miniature golf courses I've ever seen on any Royal Caribbean ship. Uh, it just had great features on it. They had drink tastings and food tastings, bingos, casinos, sports tournaments, dodgeball. Adult dodgeball is a blast to watch on the ship. Um, art appreciation, art auctions, Zumba classes, spinning classes. And if you've ever seen me, you know I haven't done too many of those. You know, I, I'm not a guy that's working on a six-pack. I have an entire keg. Uh, so anyway, you won't see me in Zumba or spinning. Um, 
But I did a cursory count of each day's activities, and there were between 60 and 70 different activities each and every day. Wow. And if, you, if you're bored on a Royal Caribbean ship, it's because you choose to be bored, and which, frankly, is a fine way to spend a day on the ship. Uh, but I love the variety of activities on board. Nice. That's, that's a great start to our episode. I agree. I love of course, when you're, I mean, the bigger ships, and Liberty is one of them, you're going to get a lot more variety of stuff to do. That's definitely one of the strengths of the larger ships, and I agree. Great activities on board. Uh, for my number five, or my first one, however you want to look at it, I picked the R-Bar on Liberty this season. One oh, of my yes. favorite places to hang out. Pre-dinner, it is my go-to uh, watering hole, if you will, because, of course, it is kind of near the dining room to begin with, but it's it's... Great ambiance, good atmosphere, and of course, great drink selections. I always love, you know, uh, an opportunity to try some uh, different drinks, not just the same old, same old. And that's what's great about our bar. So between the ambiance and the drinks that they have over there, they do a really phenomenal job. So I have our bar coming in at my number five. Back to you, Justin, for your number four. Yeah, and by the way, I love the R bar too. Fantastic atmosphere and fantastic. Uh, service there and drinks. I'm with you. It's a great place to go. It's a great play for, place for pe- people watching, too, there on the promenade. Oh, yes. Very good point. Yeah. Well, my number four, and this one's, I think I'm maybe waxing philosophically here, but number four for me is my love for the ethnic diversity and the diversity of experience in the lives of the people that you meet on a cruise. You know, Cruise ships are a veritable United Nations. They're really a cornucopia of humanity. I know it sounds a little corny, but for me, life on a cruise ship is is a real beautiful thing. People from all ethnic, socioeconomic, occupational backgrounds, they all come together in one purpose and enjoying one another's company and just getting along. I, I love all the opportunities to make new friends and enjoy other cultures while you're on a cruise ship. We have a lot more in common with one another than we think as a, as a human race. You know, for instance, I was thinking about this during my trip. The, universe, the universality of, of music and dancing just in all cultures uh, across the globe. And you find that on a cruise ship. It doesn't matter what language we speak. We all have the same emotional response to music when we hear it in dancing and i just Mm -hmm. love the diversity on a cruise ship i love it absolutely well said wow that is very uh very philosophical very extra uh uh, wow i am my my number four is not nearly as as insightful i was just going with saturday night fever i thought it was a fun show but uh yours is definitely uh you know what's you're and you're what you're you're absolutely right. I do love meeting people on board a ship. I mean, you're all there. It's not like you have to you can't talk to other people even though you don't know them. And whether you're meeting somebody in the main dining room and perhaps sharing a table with them, or in in line somewhere, perhaps before, before a show at on a shore excursion, it really is a lot of fun to get to know some people. And obviously, you already have something in common, which is you're both on a cruise, and I think it's probably safe to say you like it. I like it. I, that That's totally a great way to meet new people, make new friends. I mean, I know a lot of folks, in fact, who have made friends, lifelong friends, based on a friendship that was started on a, on a cruise ship. So, Justin, I give you uh, I give you a lot of credit. That's that's a really good one. And certainly Liberty of the Seas is a great ship for that. 
I was just going to say that you're absolutely right. I mean, to me, it's as the world should be, you know? And um, I just, I have made lots of friends on a cruise ship. I mean, I have a whole Facebook group dedicated to my friends on a cruise ship. And what's great about that is, and you know this as well as I do, that you, once you amass these friendships on a cruise, they're not only a great source of camaraderie, but they're also a great source of information. And uh, when I have a question about a particular port or an excursion or anything like that, well, first of all, I go to the Royal Caribbean podcast. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but second of all, I, I just pick their brains and say, have you been to this cruise port and have you been on this excursion and can you give me any tips? Can you give me any advice that would really help me on my journey there? And that's one of the great things about the friendships that you make on a cruise ship as well absolutely well said uh for my number four again far less insightful or uh earth shaking but uh one of my favorites <laughs> saturday night fever on liberty of the season i give a lot of when, when i look at any of these top five episodes or ranking important factors i always look for things that are unique and certainly our bar is not unique to liberty but it is something that's not available on every single real caribbean ship yet and saturday night fever is something that's unique to liberty of the seas and you know getting the entertainment on board real caribbean to begin with, by far, is, is amazing. But adding Saturday Night Fever, a Broadway show, not Broadway-caliber show, a Broadway show is really, to me, uh, an amazing factor, considering, of course, that it's completely complimentary. I mean, to see Saturday Night Fever, even though it's it's, a, it's an older show, that you know, if it rolls into your town, right, into beautiful and exotic Missouri, and Justin wants to go take his lovely wife out to go see a, a show, right. I mean, you're still going to be paying... I'm going to say for the cheapest seats, probably you know sixty, seventy dollars for a ticket, one ticket. So two, two, two people. That's one hundred and forty, one hundred fifty dollars. You know, and so on Royal Caribbean, it's included, and that is awesome. So I am giving a big up to Saturday Night Fever the musical in the main theater on Liberty of the Seas is my number four because if you're going for the entertainment, this is by far. There's lots of other great shows as well, but really Saturday Night Fever for me is the comes in as some of the. It's a must do. Uh, when you're on Liberty of the Seas. Well, Matt, you hit the nail on the head, and I'm just going to kind of jump ahead to my number two, because that's what we're talking about right now, is definitely the production shows, and one in particular, the Saturday Night Fever Broadway show. You know, on most Royal Caribbean ships, the the in-house productions are okay. They're okay. I'm not talking about the headliners that they bring in off the ship from different ports and all that good stuff, but... The, the in-house production shows are just okay to me usually, but I have to tell you, this one was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was cast very well. The music was great. The set design was creative. I mean, I used to, I in another life, I sang opera professionally, so I know, I know a lot about musical theater because that's what opera is. And they just had wow. creative set design. Yeah, yeah, that was in another life, not in this one. Um, you know, it was just a fantastic production. You, you could not be bored, you know, the whole entire time I was there with my friends sitting uh, in the theater and they were just mesmerized from when that, I don't know if you remember when that uh, dance floor comes down from the ceiling and then goes down to the floor. Mm -hmm. And uh, do you remember that part? I mean, uh, yep. the whole great... show was just fantastic. 
And uh, it it was really a notch above, multiple notches above anything I'd ever seen on a Royal Caribbean ship. And I'm with you. If you go on Liberty of the Seas, do not miss that production. Go to it. Well, since I stole your number two, why don't you take us to number three, Justin? <laughs> okay. Number three, one that you're going to love and enjoy, is the variety of food venues on Liberty of the Seas. Yes. Yes, the food, the glorious food. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my wife and I, it was our first time buying one of the dining packages. And we we bought a three-night dining package. And what was interesting about that is that um, uh, we were told that on the first night's dining that the ship would be the one uh, who would pick the particular venue and what night. Well, when we got on board and started just getting settled in, I noticed there was nothing to tell me uh, what dining venue we were in for the first night. And so I go to one of the representatives and the food staff, and they said, oh, disregard that. You can pick any night you want and any restaurant you want. And so, yeah, so that afternoon on the first day, I picked every night I wanted and every restaurant I wanted for the week, even at the particular time. So I don't know if that's a normal occurrence. I mean, what have you heard about that, Matt? So the interesting thing about I'm not terribly surprised to hear that because the rule is when you book one, you have to take the first one, the first dinner. So you book the three nights, so the first out of three on the first or second night. And then the other restaurants, the two and three, you can book whenever you want. That being said, if they're just allowing you to do them all, I'm not terribly surprised to hear that. I mean, Royal Caribbean does have a reputation for being inconsistent with its messaging in terms of (laughs) implementing certain rules, you know, which ships have the charge you $25 for, you know, for for towels at the pool versus which don't. The, you know, the bottled water thing, right? They're not officially, it's against the rules, but everyone knows you can kind of bring it on and wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and it makes it on the ship. So there's a lot of those kind of gray areas it seems in that so i'm not terribly surprised to hear it but that is news to me actually because i kind of thought they were holding the line at least on that particular rule but i'm glad that seems like that was a good thing for you at the, because it gave you more flexibility is that is that safe to say yeah absolutely I, I i wasn't upset about it at all it was fantastic and what was cool about this cruise for us for my wife and i is that this is the first cruise we ever went on that we had the opportunity to eat at every single dining venue on the ship. And I was looking forward to the comparing and contrasting of all the different venues and all the different meals. So this cruise was a really fun with fun one for us when it came to our dining experience. And, you know, I'll just kind of go through the list and our experience, if that's okay with you, of each of the restaurants and uh, the things that we took, yeah, the things that we took away from the things that we enjoyed. Um, the first one being chops, and I'll have to say that I had the, and this is no exaggeration, it's simple truth. I had the best fillet I have ever had on land or sea in chops in this cruise. It was the, I was think it was the nine ounce fillet. Is that it? Yeah, the big not, one, not the dry aged one. No, no, no. The okay, the cool. big I think it was nine ounce play. Yeah. And it was melt in your mouth tender. I mean I one thing I like about chops, and I don't know how many people notice it, it but I do because I'm a foodie, my wife are foodies, is that they don't adorn the plates. They let the the food speak for themselves. 
And I like that aspect. I've ate at some very fine dining venues. And to me, that's appealing. They're not trying to hide anything. They're saying, here is the steak. There's no adornment here. We're going to let our food speak for itself. And that's exactly what it did. It spoke for itself. I really enjoyed the desserts as well. I heard you many times talk about the Huckleberry Cheesecake. Yes. And... uh, Yes, I can hear you now. Yes, you're salivating right now. <laughs> it was a it was a great cheesecake. The service was great. The attention to detail was great. Our server was just I mean the the glasses never went empty. Um he was attentive to us, had a great attitude. You know, it was interesting and this is kind of digressing a little bit, but it was interesting that when we first started researching Liberty, if you go on the, the big um, message boards like Cruise Critic and, and the like, that Liberty's dining experience doesn't get the highest ratings. And so I was kind of bracing myself for that as I got on the ship. And I'm, I'm like you. I think it's very subjective. But I was still kind of preparing myself to be let down a little bit. But I have to tell you... That was absolutely not the case. I would even say, and this is saying something because we've been on the Navigator many times and it's a beloved ship to us as well, just like it is to you. But I would have to say the food on this ship this ship may have been a, just a little bit uh, higher notch than a Navigator. I was pleasantly surprised. Good. Um, another experience we had was at Giovanni's Table and... You know, I have to say that they had some of the freshest tomato sauce I had ever had. It was real tomato sauce, and you could tell that the pasta was homemade. It was it was just fantastic food, and the tiramisu was out of this world. Uh, my wife, who is just a connoisseur of tiramisu, said this was a great one. It was it was presented a little differently than normal in that it was presented in like a a Sunday you know, an ice cream sundae glass. Uh, but the experience we had in there was fantastic. Again, I'll have to say, when I read reviews on that particular restaurant, uh, there wasn't that high of ratings. But I have to say that it was very, very good. I would have no problem recommending Giovanni's Table to any cruise passenger. But now... Nice. Oh, 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 and, you know, we went to the Johnny Rockets, as always, and I have to tell you, that is a good value for what you get. They have really great burgers and fries and shakes, and it's just a fun atmosphere, and it's a really good value for the service you get and the food that you get, and uh, it's always one of those go-to places for us. But I've got to tell you, Matt, Sabor still reigns king in our hearts and our minds. What? Yes. You know, I went on the original Sabor. I think you have too, the original Sabor and Navigator. And I was blown away. Yes, yes. I was blown away by the service. I was blown away by the food from the guacamole table side to the mixing of drinks table side to the one of my favorites. I think it's the Patagordo, I think, the duck breast uh, burritos, I think. Have you ever had that there? Yeah, that was amazing, wasn't it? Fantastic, yeah. And so I had a great experience on Navigator when it comes to Sabor. But I've got to tell you, again, I think that the Sabor on the Liberty may have been just a notch above Navigator. I know that is 
sacrilegious to say, but, <laughs> but it may absolutely be true. And, you know, our particular wait staff in that restaurant was dynamite. He was a humble guy. He was a, a very heartwarming guy. He just made the experience great. I love the inside of that venue, that modern decor that they have. And, you know, Sabor still reigns king in my heart. It's a beloved restaurant for me and the Navigator fleet, and I just loved it. That's great to hear. I, uh, you stole – see, turnabout is fair play because you stole my number two, which was Sabor. <laughs> no surprise here. Sabor Modern Mexican. I mean, look, I have only – I think – someone needs to figure out how many episodes of this podcast I have not mentioned Sabor on because it is just amazing. And it's available on Liberty of the Seas. It's a Mexican restaurant, but it's not like any Mexican you've ever had in your life because this one is truly phenomenal, really, really good, and – to me, it's worth every penny. I love it. I mean, it starts with the guacamole, which is complimentary, including your meal, and they bring it to you on served on, you know, it's it's handcrafted at the table, and it is just amazing. That good. The margaritas, chips, and salsa. I tried the duck bur- I'm glad, so glad you mentioned that duck burrito because I tried it for the first time on Freedom of the Seas because I either don't remember seeing it or just like, well, let me try something new. And I loved it. Amazing. Still not mm-hmm. as good as my favorite, which is the tuna tacos. My absolute must-eat, matter-what kind of tacos. But I tried the duck. And it's funny because I don't usually order duck. In fact, I rarely ever order duck. But I wanted to try it just because, well, in Sabor, I trust. And lo and behold, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. It, was, it was amazing. It really, really phenomenal. It was not like any other duck dish I've had. So I'm so glad that I found someone else who uh, believes in the promise of duck burritos because it is that good. Absolutely. All day long, all day long. You know, and there's a couple of other things uh, like we ate breakfast in the main dining room. My wife and I, this may sound kind of funny, but my wife and I love the granola bar there with the whipped cream. And I like to put the fresh figs on it and all the variety of the toppings you can put on the granola bar. I love breakfast in the main dining room. Uh, One thing that we did differently this cruise is that we ate quite a few times for lunch in the main dining room. And Matt, I've got to tell you, I don't know what day it was, but there was a day in the main dining room during lunch that they had pasta a la minute. They had a fantastic salad bar and they had the elusive, but I witnessed it, the Azumi buffet. What? On Liberty of the Seas. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> There was the bu- there's a there there is the Izumi buffet on Liberty of the Seas. That's what you're telling me. Uh, absolutely, right in the center of the dining room, they had right there a table that was all Izumi on Izumi plates, all the sushi that you wanted. The guy was even making sushi as you were taking your sushi, and it I, was fantastic. I, I, and I I said Matt has got to hear this. I, I'm sorry to say this podcast is ending right now because I have to go pack my bags. I'm going on the first available sailing out there because this is a this is a, I got to do this. Oh my gosh, I've only heard about this on Grandeur this season. The fact that it's offered on Liberty, I am now rethinking all of my life's choices at this point. Wow. <laughs> It was it was just one day, brother, but you would have been in sushi heaven. I'm sure you went a wood bat for sixth and seventh and they would have <laughs> And they would have gladly given it to you with a smile. But I was, I mean, I was like, this elusive Izumi buffet, 
it's real and I'm partaking in it. And where is Matt? So, <laughs> wow, wow. Okay, now I am. I think we could probably do like three group cruises in a row on Liberty, right? I mean, there's no problem with that. No one would object, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Awesome. What, one All thing right, I noticed. One thing. One thing that there was it was interesting is that you know they're in the process of changing a lot of their menu items in the main dining room. And I will say that one thing that was absent that you know that I was saddened about was the the duck entrees. Uh, they're all gone, at least on the Liberty of the Seas. And I have always enjoyed all their duck entrees in the main dining room. I asked the wait staff if this was just because maybe there was a shortage of duck or what, but they said no, that it's a permanent thing, at least um, on that ship. I'm guessing it may even be uh, fleet-wide. I don't know. But um, the only place you can get duck that I saw on the ship was in Sabor. But other than that, it was gone off the menu. So I was kind of saddened about that. Wow. Well, let's, have uh, you, let's have you experienced anything like that? I have seen different menus. Yeah, the, I was actually looking at the menu on Freedom versus what it was on Navigator. Notice there are some changes. There was like a shrimp dish on Freedom. There wasn't there on Navigator. And you know what? It's, a lot of times these restaurants, especially restaurants on Royal Caribbean ships, are not afraid to change things up. And try new dishes out and bring some in there. So I'm all for as long as they keep my favorites. I really don't. <laughs> I got to make sure yeah. hashtag priorities. But everything else, you know, as long as they you. keep it in there, that's that's what's important. Um, for my number, for I guess I don't know what we 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 lost track of the order a long time ago. But my next <laughs> one, my next uh, feature here of Liberty is my favorite Liberty. Uh, I got to go with Splash Away Bay, dude. I am. I know it's for the kids, but I don't care because Splash Away yes. Bay is a phenomenal. New experience. Basically, Royal Caribbean decided to add to the pool deck an area just for kids. But traditionally on Freedom class ships, this has been an H two O zone, and that was also true for some of the Oasis class ships as well. But Royal Caribbean with Harmony of the Seas came up with this idea called Splash Away Bay, Splash Away Bay which is basically an aqua park that uh, kind of you know it's a new new vision for what an aqua park can be. It's interactive. There's plenty of places to get soaked on, and there's buckets of water falling on you, and sprays, and you know all kinds of fountains and whatnot. And the I, they they added it to Liberty of the Seas first. Royal Caribbean has a history of doing this, trying out new features on ships, other ships for before the ship it's intended for. They did that with Navigator of the Seas for virtual balconies. Were on Navigator first. Sabor was on Navigator first. The um, and a couple other features as well, and, and so. It's kind of interesting, though, that Liberty got Splash Away Bay because it's a phenomenal, phenomenal-looking area. I mean, kids, I'm sure, are definitely going to enjoy it. And even for as adults, I can – trust me, I would enjoy spending time there as well running through it, you know, quote-unquote, you know, supervising my child while I'm enjoying it too because it looks like a lot of fun. I agree. I mean, I saw – you know, we, we cruise in September a lot just to save cost, and so there were very few – I think there was about a 200 kids total – uh, on our cruise this time, but they were all there at Splashway Bay. You could <laughs> tell that they were having a fantastic time, and it really is a really cool venue for kids. And uh, you know, I was I was really really impressed with the addition of that because it's not some little rinky dink type of um, construction. Ooh. It is a monstrosity of slides and buckets that fill up with water and spill over and and spraying guns and waterfalls i mean it's it's quite the children's paradise there yeah it is is really nice cool what's uh what do you have next on your list oh matt 
This is my number one, and I think we have the, the same number one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll see. But the number one for me is one that you've talked about many times. I have read about on TripAdvisor, and it's a particular excursion in Costa Maya, Mexico, called Maya Chan Beach. Wow, I love Maya Chan. Why did you like it? Oh my goodness, Matt. When we first started researching Maya Chan, it was hard to believe you would go on TripAdvisor and people, and using your term, uh, would wax poetically about Maya Chan Beach. And the reviews are off the chain when it comes to Maya Chan. And I told my wife, I said, Wendy, and she was the same way. She's like, we have got to go see if this is really true or this is just hype and i've got to tell you matt it is absolutely true um maya chan beach as you know and have talked about it's ran by expats they're cruisers themselves and they wanted to start their little slice of paradise in a way that they would enjoy as cruisers Uh, it's very intimate it's the people are limited to the amount of shade structures they have on the beach so there's usually around 50 people at the most and on in our uh, day, there was probably more like 30. The, it's all-inclusive from kayaks to paddle boards to snorkel gear to beach games. They had a giant life-size Jenga game. And, Matt, I've got to tell you that the s- attention to service is off the hook at this place. From when you amazing. get off of your taxi ride. Oh, no, I've got to talk about the taxi ride, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> you probably know all about it. But once you start driving off the pavement, you have found out where all the potholes in the universe are burst. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's the worst you know, road on earth. I think I actually saw in one of the potholes some Costa Mayans living down in one of them. They were so big. <laughs> I mean, I could not believe it. And uh, anyway, it, it was an experience. And you, you may need a, a chiropractor after it's all said and done. But it is worth the wait. And the service. I mean, we had people coming out to us in the water, whether they were walking out in the water or they were paddling kayaks in the water, you know, taking our drink orders and serving us these amazing drinks. Uh when you get there, as soon as you get there, they've got homemade salsa and pico de gallo and chips waiting for you and uh, I think a rum punch. And then you get to the lunch, and the lunch is amazing. It is the best food I've ever had on a Royal Caribbean excursion. It's made fresh right there before you. It's a taco bar. There's a little native woman there, a genius of a cook and a sweet lady who is cooking up some fine 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 food for you and you know i can't say enough about it it was an amazing experience the staff really made you feel like family there um it it, the hype is true it's no hype it's absolutely true maya chan beach in costa maya is off the hook i would recommend that to anyone what was your experience there matt Phenomenal. I really, it, to me, it is the gold standard by which I judge every other all inclusive resort because you're, you nailed it. I mean, it's these American expats who run this place the way you want to be. The, 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 the great, the microcosm example of all this, right, 
is you go to the bar to get a drink because the drinks are included in your thing. But oftentimes you'll get like well drinks, right? It's like, okay, here's your, you know, here's your drink and there's a little bit of alcohol. But here they give you like here, they want you to enjoy it. They're giving you the good stuff. And to me, that's just yes. such a great sign of like, oh, okay, they actually do really care. I remember the buffet was amazing. The food that they provided yes. during for, for lunch, really, really good. I mean, just the attention to detail and the, the fact that you really feel like they care. And when you feel like that, boy, do you have a great time. Absolutely. I'm with you. You have made a convert. You, I know you're the Pied Piper of Maya Chan, and I followed, and you're absolutely right. It was fantastic. Nice. Now, for my last one, or my number one, I have this one for my top Liberty This Is experience. I went with, uh, you know you know me, Justin. I like, I like new. I like unique. And you mentioned it earlier in the episode. And I got to make sure we mention it. But of course, the new water slides, tidal wave, yes. and the perfect storm slides. And you know, Rokerman for years has never really had water slides per se. They've had you know on the radiant slide ships, they always had those little like one small slide, but they didn't really count. These are real family water slides. You've got three of them in total: two perfect storm slides and one tidal wave slide. And it's really impressive the the different options. They have, and it's, it's just fun for everyone. I mean, this is the kind of family for sea day or even when you're in port. I mean, I just can't think of a more fun thing to do. And and I, I, to me, this is like number one with a bullet next to it because I think this is an amazing uh, feature on board the ship. And the fact that we're starting to get these amazing water slides that Royal Caribbean designed, especially Tidal Wave. I mean, the Perfect Storm water slides are cool. Nothing wrong with, it, with the traditional racer slide. But Tidal Wave is a boomerang slide type slide where basically you get in a raft – and you go down this, you know, you're at the top of the hill to start off, and you go down, and then you come back up against a, basically a near vertical wall, and you get this moment of weightlessness as your slide runs out of energy, and then it slides back down that same wall and comes down a different way, and it is just a cool, cool thing. Whether you're a kid, whether you're an aging blogger who has kids, it doesn't matter because this is the place to be in terms of having fun on on any given day uh uh, i'm just i'm really blown away by these slides and that's why i'm also to kind of bring it around a little bit as you probably already know justin at royal caribbean is adding water slides to adventure of the seas and because of what they added to liberty here with tidal wave and the perfect storm slides i am really excited to see what is coming our way with adventure because i am just I, i think they've really hit a home run with the water slides here on liberty so for families you can't, or, or again, aging bloggers. Um, this is the place to go uh, to spend some time. Make sure you go multiple times when you're on board. I have to agree. And Matt, you know as well as I do, these are not little slides. These are behemoth slides. I, you know, y- you can set up inside these slides. They're so big. That's right. And there's one. Yeah, and there's one aspect I really liked about it, too. It's just watching people come out of it, okay? That's really fun to watch. <laughs> and, and and they're on Liberty of the Seas. They've got a little uh, place for the audience to sit down on the bench and just watch people come out disoriented. <laughs> and I have to say, it is really fun to watch. Um, I just was – I was really struck about – how huge these slides are. They're not a small feature. They are a giant feature back there by the flow rider. And, um, I did ride the flow rider again this time. It's, and I think most people probably laugh because, you know, I I would make a good Macy's day float. That's the size (laughs) that I am. (laughs) 
like the Garfield float that could put me in there as a you know as a replacement. But <laughs> I go on it anyway. <laughs> I go on it anyway, and it's a blast. I just love Royal Caribbean ships. I am like you. I'm a lover of all things Royal Caribbean. That doesn't mean that I don't see some things here and there that I wish were different or or miss some things that used to be. But the experience that you have on a Royal Caribbean ship is like none other. And I have to tell you, Matt, I I had a couple come with me. Uh, in my big group who were celebrity cruisers and I was kind of getting them prepared and saying, you know what guys, I think you're going to love the ship, but I don't know if the dining experience is going to be up to part of the celebrity ship. And I was kind of making excuses about that, but I have to say, tell you, Matt, they said that the dining experiences on Liberty of the Seas, and they told me this multiple times was on par with their dining experiences on celebrity. I was pretty blown away by that. That's awesome. Glad to hear that. I'm, Have you ever course, heard anyone say that? From yeah, no, I, I've heard some people. You know, food, as you mentioned earlier, is very subjective. But that's great to hear. It's always it's always gratifying to hear. Quite honestly, that the food is good. I think that's uh, an underrated aspect of what Royal Caribbean does really well. Their their food. I remember when I first came to Royal Caribbean from from other cruise lines, and I remember thinking, "Wow, the food here is really good." Like you know, the especially the international selections, right? The you know, I mean, burgers are great too, but. If you're interested in different kind of food, ethnic foods especially, boy, Royal Caribbean does a great job with it. I agree with that. It's fantastic. Well, Justin, thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking a little bit about Liberty of the Seas. Matt, it's been my pleasure. It is the thrill of my year. You are a rock star in our house. And uh, you are on our iPhones and our iPods all the time. And whenever we get ready to embark on a cruise, the frequency at which we listen to the back episodes on the Royal Caribbean (laughs) podcast increases. And I bet I've listened, and this is no exaggeration, every podcast multiple times. It is a true treat to have you on the airwaves. Wow. Well, thank you, sir. I really appreciate the support and, of course, the very kind words. Always a pleasure to have you on here, and I can't wait to talk Royal Caribbean with you again sometime. Take care, my friend. It's time once again to answer your listener emails. I love this part of the show because we get to talk Royal Caribbean together. And if you want me to read your email, send me an email. Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email this week comes to us from Alice Lales of Crystal Lake, Illinois. Hi, Matt. I just started listening to your podcast and really enjoying them. I appreciate the level of care and consideration you give to each question and comment. This will be my first time on Royal Caribbean, but I've sailed on other cruise lines. I have a question about back-to-back cruises because my girlfriend and I are on Allure of the Seas, October 23rd, 2016, sailing out of Fort Lauderdale, and that our husbands are joining us the following week for the October 30th sailing. My girlfriend and I will be sharing a Central Park balcony stateroom the first week, and when our husbands join us, we'll be in two different Central Park staterooms. We booked each sailing with different online travel agencies. So my questions are, will we be considered back-to-back cruisers? Will we be allowed to stay on the ship between sailings? And will our husbands be able to register without us when they arrive? Thank you in advance for any insight you can give me about this. Wow, Alice, this is an interesting question. The third part, the third question is the most interesting. So will you be a back-to-back? Yes. It doesn't matter which staterooms you stay in. A lot of people, you know, obviously stay in the same room. But if you're changing rooms, that's not a big deal. You are a back-to-back cruiser. And you should, towards the end of your first cruise, get a, a letter in your stateroom saying, Hey, this is where to go for... Uh, you know, when we get to back to Fort Lauderdale to, you know, 
be expedited for the for the back-to-back uh, session, essentially. Um, and what's going to happen, your second question is, will we be allowed to stay on the ship between sailings? Kind of, yes. Basically, what happens is you go to a special area, you sit with other back-to-back cruisers, and they call them consecutive cruisers. That's the official word. <laughs> and then you, uh, they basically roll in, will escort you. You have to debark the ship very quickly. It's almost like a formality. But they, they escort you, and it's done quickly. So you're literally, I think, the last people off the ship from the previous sailing and the first people back on the ship for the new sailing. It's just a matter of going through customs and, you know, going through. But it, it's more of an escorted kind of thing. And that's pretty straightforward. Now, the question you have is about your husbands because, of course, you've got people joining you on board. That might be an issue, and that's what I'm not I'm not so sure about. Of course, the... The worst case scenario is you just get off the ship the first time and join your husbands and, you know, it's fine. Um, I'm just not – I'm not sure how the check-in process works. What I would do, Alice, is contact your travel agency that you that you booked the second cruise with. Give them the scenario here and they can contact Royal for you. I've never into this. If anyone has a has run into this exact scenario, please send me an email, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com, so that way we can share some advice here for Alice. I think you'll be okay, but you may have to, at worst, get off the ship. But I'm thinking other people have probably done this before, so I'm not too worried about it, but it probably makes sense to, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's and all that good stuff, Alice. But I think you're going to have a great time. Boy, what a great way to... You're really lucky now. You get two cruises and the husbands come on for one. I like I like your style. I like it. Very, very nice. Also, speaking of questions, I wanted to mention we got an email from... Uh, Frederick Olson, who writes, Hi, Matt, listen to your podcast last week, as always, and we were talking about the theme cruises, and Frederick adds, there's a link to some of the theme cruises on the Royal Caribbean website, and I'll post a link in our show notes to this URL. It's actually a Royal Caribbean page, it's at royalcaribbean.com, and they have a number of themed cruises. I'm not sure how they certain cruises get listed here, uh, and, and as opposed to others. There's about a half a dozen on here. Uh, you've got a Melissa Etheridge cruise, a jam rock reggae cruise, a pop culture experience cruise with uh, some people I kind of know. I like there's that one guy from The Walking Dead. Oh, there's two people from The Walking Dead. So some interesting I didn't know about. There's a there's a Latin cruise. So these do exist. And the this goes back to something we talked about last week, which was that, you know, they're not actually run by Royal Caribbean. These are all run by third parties. The difference is, I think if you get to a certain size, you can, you know, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, <laughs> if you're making that much business for Royal, they're going to advertise for you. Of course, how many people actually go to this webpage? I have no idea, but it is on here and it is a good, it's a good starting point. So, Frederick, thank you so much for the for the email here. I'm going to include this in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com for anyone who is wondering about that. Because, of course, hey, there's a, there's a lot of people that uh, may be wondering about that exact scenario. It's a good starting point, so... Thank you very much, and I think we've got time for one more, one more quick email here, and it is from Nicole Huretz. I can't wait to hear about your trip on Freedom of the Seas. We live on, we leave on her uh, very shortly after you do. Far from my first cruise, but my first on Freedom of the Seas, and my first in a sweet, crazy, amazing deal for all of us in a presidential suite. Random question. Do you happen to know if any bars on the promenade are open early? Trying to see if there's a place to get mimosas to bring back to the balcony for breakfast without paying for them with room service since we have a drink package. Hearing about your trip will just be an appetizing beginning for me. Nicole, great question. Yes, there are. The I believe the 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 the, the pub is open in the morning because they have uh, Bloody Marys on the menu. 
And I, that's the one I would that's coming to mind immediately. I think also I'm trying to remember if if it was Cafe Promenade or Surrenders also tech. I mean, I know they have beer behind in the back. So you can always get that. There are bars available. What you need to do actually, the best thing you can do, Nicole, is check the cruise compass because it will list on for you which bars are open and what their hours are. There will be some bars open. Don't worry. It may not be on the Promenade. Like I remember on Brilliance of the Seas, the Solarium Bar was the bar that was open in the morning. So you could go over there and, you know, YOLO, it's five o'clock somewhere and <laughs> get your drinks. Nothing wrong with that. Nicole, you're doing the right thing. You're on a cruise. Enjoy it. So definitely check the cruise compass. You will find a listing of bar times, especially the ones that are going to be available in the morning. So you can have somewhere to go. There will be somewhere to go. I promise you that, Nicole. Have a great time. And Nicole, when you get back from your Freedom of the Seas cruise, I would love to hear your thoughts on that ship, as well as also which bars ended up being your go-to mimosa stop in the morning. Love it. Thank you all so much for a great episode. Love that we get to do this each and every week. And, of course, if you want to send me your emails about anything you want to talk about Royal Caribbean related, this is your opportunity. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Whether you have a question, a comment, a thought, maybe a suggestion. I love short excursion ideas. I love reviews. If you just got back from a cruise and just want to send me a quick bullet points of some highlights or observations you had, I love that as well. Uh, you know, ways to save money. All of these are always welcome. So anytime you want, send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much again for joining me. Until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.